Hi! You guys want some cookies? 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 Oh yeah! Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined as I always am by my bosom buddy, Booby Castro. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. How you doing tonight? I am so happy to be here. This is going to be great. This is going to be so much fun. Oh, it is the second show of the night, Bob. And um, here's the thing. And I promised myself I wouldn't do this, but um, I did pour the third vodka. I don't Good. like to pour the third vodka. But you know what? Why not? It's a Friday night. It's a Friday night. We don't get to do this every Friday. History- He's got two vodka beer. Now back to vodka? Yes. History is instructive, Bob. And it's not a good sign. The voice you heard, the great Jason Zumwalt, back in the garage. Hey, Jay. Hey. That's your hey. Mm, is that the way you talk? That's the way I talk. This well, is a okay. real me. Well, that's okay. I know it's okay. It's 2019. <laughs> Jason Zumwalt, of course. Leading into the voice. <laughs> Jason, a gifted, gifted comedy writer, voice man, actor you know a renaissance man i don't think we i don't think we talk about this enough all of the voices that jason has has done over the years uh famously al gore and recount i think we've talked about that that is correct not a lot of people know you were also sean penn's voice in the movie the interpreter when actors are too lazy to do their own adr jason zumwalt gets called in to sound like them did i do that yeah, you I did. think I did. I remember that more than yeah, you do. I did. Because I remember thinking that was so cool because I didn't know that was a thing at the time. Yeah, yeah, when I first moved to Hollywood for the first time, I moved into the house with you guys. One of the first things I remember doing was driving with Jay to Culver City uh, to do ADR work for Steven Seagal in one of his like pig shit Chinese movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did two. I was the voice of Steven Seagal for two of his movies. Like the, but Sean Penn was like a line or two. Steven Seagal was the entire movie because right? he was supposed to, he was playing a Russian hitman, and like two scenes in, Let's just started doing a, a Mexican accent. <laughs> so he'd be like, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh no. But today, we have to kill a lot of people. And was, so I would have to completely redo it. That's amazing. And he didn't care. No. Because he was just saying, he was CTC, cut the check, and you do it the fuck you want. There was one, the second time I did it, he was like, I'm going to come in. I'm going to come into the studio and direct him. And we were like waiting for like three hours. And then finally he's like, I'm, I'm five minutes away. And, then he said, and he was five minutes away for like an hour. And then right. finally he was like, I haven't left my house. <laughs> <laughs> what a pro. He was fantastic. Like Seagal, like right when the Me Too movement was really hitting its full stride, there were multiple stories encircling Seagal, and it never really came to a head because it was like, well, he, he kind of canceled himself just by being terrible. Right, exactly. We, we didn't need to cancel him. He, he had already been canceled. Yeah. It might, was it uh, Driven to Kill? Let me go through the movies in that range, Buck, okay. uh, Jake. Because he did a lot of work. He, he did, did about 14 movies in that stretch. There was... There's pist- one about Kill Switch, I think. Kill Switch is Pistol Whipped, The Onion Movie. Kill Switch! Yep, that's the one. You played Jacob. Yes. Or I he played, played Jacob, Jacob in Kill Switch. Uh, I wonder if you're in the trailer. I, 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 I don't think it would be possible for me not to be in the trailer. All right, we're gonna have to check out the trailer for Kill Switch. I mean, we're here. I mean, this we're is in the garage. It's late. We're we're honoring the greatest band of all time. Why not start the episode <laughs> off? 
with a little Steven Seagal voiced by Jason Zumwalt. Oh, they have scenes and shit, uh, in a Jay. Chinese pig shit movie. All right, let's just, uh, let's see. Bob, feel free to cut this out of the show, but we're going to play one clip, the bar scene, which I imagine you had to have heavy ADR in the bar yeah, scene. Yeah, I think so. You got some people waiting out front? I ain't need no people out front. Oh, that's you. What do you do? Lord have mercy. No, that's him. <laughs> Lord have mercy, he said. Here's how it is, man, with the police. We that's you. That's me. Questions. We canvas areas. That's we me. politely do our job, you know. That's you. That's me. I got some questions about Jessica Tremble. We got yeah, some questions. I'm going to arrest you you downtown. Are you going to talk to me now? That was you. That was all me, bro. That's amazing. Holy shit. That was all me. <laughs> amazing <laughs> so i was with jay at that studio in culver city while he was redubbing <laughs> overdubbing cigars lines oh man by yeah. the way i forgot they, doing that made me feel so cool well how could like, you not I yeah those are some good lines actually you're embodying steven seagal That's the greatest so actor funny. of our generation what a bell switch movie. all right all right bob you're right we should stay focused because <laughs> I mean we've done three vodkas in and one beer. We've done some of the great bands ever live. Let's let's list some of the great bands we've hit here. Yeah, live. Live. It's hard to think of another one. Live. Um, Robbie Williams is an artist, not a band, but I want to throw him in the mix. Robbie. He was in Take That. Semi Sonic. Yep. Wait, you guys really did a semi-sonic? You fucking sure well did. I've listened to every episode. I can't believe uh, I remember that. Ben Folds 5. Ben Folds 5. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. And now? The Bottles. Mm. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't it's know. A, the E-A turns into uh, like, a, like a U. Oh, that's the, the o- English pronunciation. The Oneaters. The Oneaters? Oh, yes. yeah. That's what it... Wait, what is that? What is that? That thing you do. That thing you do. The oh, wonders. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. How come that movie didn't uh, come out of the '90s as one of those uh, cult hits? Because I feel like that was a great fucking movie. It was a great fucking Tom movie. Tom Hanks' his first, uh, his directorial debut. Did a great job. You had a really good cast. It was a the fun music movie. was even good. The music was great. That thing you do. Anyway, the Beatles. Yes, yeah, Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Beatles. The Beatles. And, and, Hi, and, the Beatles. Hello. And uh, we're 90 plus episodes in. Bob, we've. We the conceit of this uh, podcast was the music that we grew up with, and um, the Beatles, they do count. They fold into that because everybody grew up with the Beatles. Of course, yeah. Every everybody every did. car ride with your parents who were born in the fifties and came of age in the sixties. There's nobody from that generation that didn't love the Beatles. Then they they birthed us. And the Beatles became a part Gross. of our lives. There they was there were us? two people yeah, that didn't what? like the Beatles. You weren't you Kangaroos? weren't you weren't birthed. Wait, who didn't like the Beatles? My parents were not Beatles fans. What? Whoa. They did not have a single Beatles album in the house. They never listened to the Beatles. I discovered the Beatles. Is on that my an Arizona own. thing? But no, that's but that's because you were born. Thing. You were born in 1957, though. So that makes sense. <laughs> but my mom like, was an Elvis fan, and she's okay. Well, there's a little. Right, sign potential. My yeah. dad was more hard. He liked uh, the James Gang and and the country and, music he was into. Well, yeah, later. But yeah. when the Beatles were around, he loved Hendrix and Led Zeppelin. He didn't. He wasn't into the Beatles. I I found the Beatles on my own, so it was a little different for me. The, it's interesting. The Beatles. What 
you know, that no one has a better catalog of music ever. Besides but also live. Besides live. Which is throwing Let's copper, see, you know mental jewelry. Moving forward. Moving forward. Anytime the we, way you bathe in light. Anytime we praise the Beatles from this point on, just know that we mean besides live. We don't have to say it every time. I think that's smart. Right. I think that's smart. But I think what makes the Beatles, beyond that they're the greatest uh, collection of musicians to be in a band ever, besides live, which B- we don't have to state, BL. To but I anyway. did you anyway. Can, you can say BL. Everyone knows. Is BL. that they, the two halves of their history, which started early 60s and then closed late 60s, early 70s, is they kind of covered a wide spectrum of music. So if your mom was an Elvis fan or your dad was into like more you know, early period rock, they had 12 hits from that era where just like stables of, the, uh, of that type of sound. And then when they went more counterculture, you got that entire youth culture of that time as well. So they kind of were able to bridge the gap in an almost incredible way for, despite only being around together, what, like nine years or whatever it was. Uh, it's crazy. I feel like the Beatles are good. That's the point I'm trying to make. Right. He and likes think, the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Going out no, on no. I think here. saying they're good is it makes sense. We should also say out of all of the accolades that have been thrust upon them over the years, like being good or um, or very good or very good or, or selling or selling a bunch of albums or whatever, they are also throwback podcast Patreon poll winners. Oh yeah. What? So really? that is why we're doing the Beatles tonight. Really? Because when... What was the poll, Bob? When you were in London... Crikey! Not checking in on this podcast. Not Karen, it never even crossed right. my mind. With At your all. face plastered on a giant screen in the hot toddy. That was weird. Were talking F-ball. The, one, of the, one of the more surreal moments of my life was being in that stadium on the sideline about 20 minutes before kickoff and they're like, hey, you guys are just going to do like a little thing on the sideline. And uh, we didn't really know what it was for. And then they said five, four, three, two, one. And then I could see on the Jumbotron our intro <clears throat> beginning. And then when I started talking, it was the stadium. Wow. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's so fucking awesome. Do not awesome. fuck up. Do not fuck up. And it was, it was about an hour from kickoff. But, but it's such a big deal. The game's there. That uh, there was already like forty to fifty thousand people in there. God, <laughs> oh my God! I'm dead Hansis and I'm a little baby boy. No, no, that's not how I do this. What do I say? What oh do God. I say? I think that was the first time like you I had been, used the drink. Then I have to tell you, you had oh been on God. a screen like that since that time you and I were at the uh, the Yankees game in like the early two thousands, and uh, they put you on the fucking loser cam. That was Wait very exciting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows about the kiss cam, but every once in a while they break out the fucking loser I cam. I think it was like, yeah, the fucking loser piece of shit cam. That's it. That's what it and was. And it was just like alone. a piece of shit graphic goes over yeah, your head. Yeah, like sponsored that went on me. Sponsored by PC Richards. <laughs> it was very exciting. Good company. PC company. Richards. <laughs> uh, but anyway, what were we saying? Oh, yeah. So I was, I was predisposed. I, I'm an icon in the UK. So I, you know, I know. So I you missed the fact that I threw up a poll because you were in the UK. Uh, the British Bake Off. And we just asked the most basic, simple question that we've never asked our throwback podcast listeners before. Beatles or Stones? Mm. Beatles won, bro. How, what was, was how, it close? How, what was it close? Beatles won by a two to one margin. It was about yeah. 66% to 34% ish. Uh, all right. We should get into it, Bob, because. Let's do it. Uh, uh, when the album. Well, shit. We didn't even t- say the album. 
We're talking about the Revolver album. Revolver, Revolver baby. Which is my favorite Beatles album. Mine, too. Bob's my second favorite, favorite Beatles album. My and second favorite. Your favorite but being? I think that for this show, my favorite being is Rubber Soul because I just, that, that came right before Revolver, I yes. think. And I think it's just, it's, it's super fun to have it bridge the gap, like you were saying, between the old Beatles and, and what they it were was turning the bridge, into the counterculture Soul. gods that they became. But I think Revolver is just, it's a better album. I'm just a weird historic, historical nerd. I get it. That's why I like Rubber Soul a little more. I get it. And but I love this album. And you love Sgt. Pepper's, too. We talked about Sgt. Pepper's my favorite yeah. album of all time. And I, I, I told the story, which I should have saved for the pod, but I'm going to tell it again to so pretend like I didn't tell it before. Uh, my introduction to Sgt. Pepper's was working in the mailroom at uh, MetLife Insurance Company in 1999. And there was a guy that I worked with that, I, you know, I don't know what, what his deal is today. I don't imagine he's listening to our podcast right now. But he was, he was a guy that had lived a life. He was a 31-year-old mailroom employee. I was 18 or 19 at the time. And, uh, Unlikely bedfellows. He explained to me, we used to listen to music a lot, on, uh, you know, listen to it on tapes. We were old. And he said that, uh, listen to A Day in the Life, man, the part where the music spins out of control lay down in your bed and that's what it's like to be on a cocaine high when everything's spinning and everything's and i was like that's cool <laughs> this guy's cool i'm gonna go listen to the greatest album of all time now because of larry in the mailroom. <laughs> <laughs> like i actually looked up to that guy and then yeah. one day one day we should get to this this Beatles album, which I think was pretty pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, one day he said uh, it was like three forty five on a Friday, and he was like, "Dan, I do this all the time. I, you know, I leave early, and, and he doesn't know. Rich doesn't know. Rich was the boss." I was like, "All right, okay, I'll go." And that he was, had a drinking problem, so he'd go to the bar and get drunk, and I'd just go home. And then the Monday morning, the boss pulled me aside, and he was a very nice guy, and he's like, "Hey, man, I know you left, and." Uh, that guy, you don't want to follow that guy's path anywhere in life, okay? Whoa. Whoa. And, and actually, I took it to heart because I did. I was following a guy that was a 31-year-old part-time mailtime, uh, mailroom employee. And that is a guy who will never be on a big screen at the, at the hot toddy. I was like, humming up, humming up, humming up. Yep. And, and here you are today in a rented garage. <laughs> Can't own it, never will. <laughs> All right, Bob, the album came out, so things aren't that great. Uh, the album came out, Bob, in 66. Uh, yeah. Look where we are in the 60s, Bob. Who would have Dude. thought that this little podcast could travel all the way back to the 60s? But we did it. We defied the odds. So what was the number one single? Oh, do you have any other pop culture artifacts from the era? I mean, it was the 60s, man. Things were crazy. <laughs> LBJ, LBJ, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't did know research. The number one song, though, in the United States of America... Was this banger? You make my heart sing. You make everything. Ooh, yeah. Wild thing. Wild thing, I think I love you. But I wanna know for sure. Come on. You know, I sound like such a 80s kid right now, but 
Come you, on. You want to hear the 80s version? I want to hear the major league version. I know. So let's listen to the, the real version. Taylor Sorry, Jay. on their way to the mound, <laughs> this could be all for Harris. He has pitched a beauty. Yeah, you looked so disappointed when that started. It just didn't have the ooh. It doesn't. Okay. I'm a little tired. I'm throwing every piece of junk I can think of at <laughs> so Man, if I was I a Beatles, if I was like a Beatles <laughs> fanatic, <laughs> and I clicked on this podcast on iTunes to hear my favorite band from my youth because I'm like a 62-year-old. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Come for the Beatles. Stay for the Steven Seagal and Major League <laughs> clips. Dude, we're talking Behringer right now. Audio clips from movies. Here it comes. Ready? This is wild. Thing. <laughs> it's like a different key and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that Tia Carrere? This fucking song. <laughs> Right. But, you know, respect to the Trogs. They wrote the fucking thing. <laughs> they just didn't nail it. No, no. They, they had to wait until... Uh, they laid the groundwork. Major League came out to really... And then Sam Kennison. Right. He Don't did forget. his own, yeah. Don't forget Sam Kennison. Um, all right. So the Trogs had the number one song in 1966. Uh, but this was the era of the Beatles. Revolver comes out. Everyone's fucking freaking out. Don Draper doesn't know what to make sense. He can't make sense. His whole world is turned upside down. Yeah. So let's get into it. Uh, The Beatles, Revolver, and it's it's a greatest hits album. Let's get it going. The way you're bathed in light reminds me of this. Is this John or Paul? I sometimes can't tell. This is is a George song. Oh. I'm just fucking I wouldn't, you know. You gotta respect, you have to respect the Beatles. There's one band that you don't disrespect, it's the Beatles. So let's get into it. For the, for the record, I looked at Dad and said, can we please play the whole album? <laughs> <laughs> when that started. All right, here we go. Taxman. Revolver starts with a George Harrison jam, Jay. Didn't see that coming. Taxman, which uh, it's pretty literal. Very literal. It's the Beatles becoming filthy rich and being absolutely destroyed by the uh, the British tax, tax system. Yeah. yeah. So uh, only keeping five percent of the money they were making. 
So a little bit. Well, that sounds fucked up. It's true. Five percent. Five percent. How is that country still? Where was the revolt? Five percent. That's for the uber rich. Oh, you get banged, but yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I see, that's I see, what I that's see. what Elizabeth Warren wants to do. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, which I'm fine with. Fuck them. After a billion dollars, you get taxed up the ass. Jake, you got a billion dollars. Yeah, right, right, in, right in the politics. Jake. Okay, hey. we got there so quickly. All right, so uh, this uh, this is probably one of my least favorite songs. I was going to say I can't wait to get this over with so we can get into like the great Beatles album that follows this. It's got. It's kind of like if this album came out in 2019, it would be killed on Twitter. The song is being like. So they come, this album everybody's been waiting for, and they're just complaining about how being rich sucks. That's essentially <laughs> what the song's about. It's a very duritzy move. <laughs> it's very recovering the satellites, which oh I imagine God. the Beatles saw that as... Oh, I think we're going to make so many people hate us with this episode. <laughs> um, there's a lot of songs on this album, but they're all very quick. Uh, most clock in at about two and a half minutes. So punk. I they were going yeah, for I radio. Never, I never liked that song. Uh, I think because it's so literal. I don't like songs that are that literal. Uh, I am now going to say this is the greatest Paul McCartney composition, Jay. Oh, my. church where a wedding has been lives in a dream waits at the window wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door who is it for all the lonely people where do they all come from all the lonely people where do they all belong this is the stuff that annoys me when you, you go on like a wormhole deep dive and then you just read about like the creative process and Paul McCartney describing how he came up with this. I was sitting at the piano when I thought of it. The first few bars just came to me and I got this name in my head. Daisy Hawkins picks up the rice in the church. I don't know why. I was sitting, in the, I was sitting at the piano, you know, and I was thinking, the dinkly do, you know. And I thought of, you know, I thought of, oh, it was a name, you know. And then I just like played the Daisy Dawkins, you know. So it's like, you know, it's just like another tune. It's just such a, as the kids say, flex. You just like. <laughs> I, I, I just yeah. shit out like, you know, one of the most perfect songs ever written. <laughs> oh, there's another one. That must be cool. Yeah, I have to say, um, you did say this is his greatest composition, though. I think it is. I mean, and I'm going to challenge say you. Yesterday, I'm going to guess that you haven't heard Egyptian Station, his latest release. Oh God! We're <laughs> 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 just shitting on the Beatles now. He he put that's out an album called song. Egyptian Station. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. He put out an album like like seven years ago called Memory Almost Full. It's like, uh, where are we at now? It's got to be pretty close to full at this point. Yeah, pretty much. I liked his like turn of the century album, Flaming Pie. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> that had a couple of bangers on it. Yes. I do remember like that came out the same year as Be Here Now by Oasis. And there was a song, Magic Pie. Right. And there was there, there, on Be Here Now, there's so many, the grasping of straws at that era was just like, was that a reaction to McCartney? Oh, <laughs> like, what? <God. laughs> Why would that be a reaction to anything? 
Because there's one word. I could see the world tonight. Do, 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 oh, shit. Do. What are you doing? Remember shit. that one? That was his song. That was the song off. You're talking pie. about flaming pie. I yeah, remember. Yeah. I remember that uh, video. <laughs> you know what? Let's just do flaming pie. Let's just do flaming pie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bob, when I think about the Beatles, I always think about your sister. My sister was a huge Beatles fan from the ages of like nine to fourteen or something. Which is huh. interesting because she, she. Got into hip hop hardcore later hardcore on. Hardcore right? after that has never gone back. There's almost like a saying about that. Anyway, she got big <laughs> into rap. <laughs> but she was like a huge Beatles fan. And Wesley Snipes. We were not. It's not about betting. I don't I can't remember. Um, but she was into the Beatles. My parents were both into the Beatles. And I was not yet. Like huh. I just didn't. I used to troll her by saying the monkeys were better. Oh, that okay. was like my go-to, and I would that went over well. Yep, and uh, oh gosh, should we get into the time we made her and her friend? We made her friend cry. If we want to get another strike, have we talked oh, about that? Shit. Oh, we sure have. See, good, good thing you stopped me. Good call. But good once call. you, reference I don't want to be here know, for strike one and two. That one, would be awful. Once we know that we've said it, once it's prefaced, you can say it again. Oh, that's a good point. Okay, so well, we don't have to do it right now. We don't have to do it right now. Uh, up next, so right now, Taxman, eh, Eleanor Rigby, Masterpiece. Now, my most underrated John Lennon song. Oh, Jay. shit. Damn. Yeah, I adore I'm Only Sleeping. I do like that we did like three minutes on Eleanor Rigby and then went into some flaming pie talk. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> So here you go, Jay. You got the backwards guitar. You got the acid uh, influenced lyrics. This is some, this is peak Lennon to me. It's peak Lennon. It's also uh, it's probably like the best time to bring up why I'm not drinking right now. Okay, let's hear it. So Jay, uh, you know, I wouldn't call Jay a booze hound in the in the time that we've known him, which no. has been 15 years at this. I've point. had my moments. We, I would say we I, together. I would say bad. at times a problematic alcoholic. But aside from that, <laughs> really. Do you what? ever think you like were a no, not alcoholic. Well, when we lived together and we, we were played all drinking quite a bit back then. a lot. When yeah. we played rock band and I was almost always on drums, I would have a thirty pack. I'd go through like a thirty pack. Yeah, now Jay goes hard. That's yeah. the one thing. Like, well, Jay's uh, one of those beer guys. Yes, one of those Wade Boggs guys. Yeah. Yes, so I can I can knock him down. Where Jay could dr- knock out 10, 15, 20 beers and like water. Like and you're people not even realize you're not it even paying attention because right. you're feeling good, but you're not slurring. You're not a mess. You're just I'm the playing beer guy. drums like a fucking maniac. You're Boggs going Seattle to Boston. Yeah, straight up. And then you, and then you disappear for two days. 
But so anyway, I'm on this diet. We were talking about it before. Dropped a lot of weight. Jay has lost 60 pounds. 60 pounds. And I'm going to blow him after the show. Yep. <laughs> That's apropos of nothing. Yeah, maybe you were going to blow him anyway. Let's yeah, I was just going. Gal's going Jay could have gained 60 pounds. I would blow him after the show. <laughs> but um, I have uh, recently begun uh, microdosing LSD. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. What the fuck is yeah. happening here? So every day I do a microdose of LSD. That's how I start my day. Wait, no. For real? Yeah, for this real. This is real? Yeah. I'm looping. I'm only sleeping because if it's about LSD. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's fantastic. And like, I, I'm not Jay, tripping. What, I don't is this tri- legal? Are you allowed to oh, talk no, about it's this? it's not legal. No, it's not. Well, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I don't give a shit. Should I don't we have worry about that. I'm a little worried. There's nothing you should. What, what, for what? What's going to happen to uh, you? Keep going. Keep going. Because you no, know I'm, a guy who does LSD. No, we're worried, no, we're you. worried for you. All right, go, Jay. <laughs> I, but I want to know more about it. Where do, you, where do you get the drug? How do you ingest it? How does it You all guys work? don't want to know how I got the drug. <laughs> I don't want to know that. Yeah. Don't loop me into this. I don't want to know that. Let me just say. Let me just say about LSD. LSD and me. LSD and me. There are. I don't know why. I don't know how. But in the last three years. These angels appear to me, these beautiful hippie children, these chicks, these hippie chicks. I come across them, and they offer me LSD. I don't know why, but it's right when I need it. I, I'm, I'm always, I'm always kind of going like, oh, it's probably time to trip again. And then all of a sudden, some hippie chick shows up and is literally like, would you like some LSD? She shows up where? Uh, one time I was at a fish concert, which is not that weird. I mean, that's, yeah, that's where you find LSD, right? Yeah, that's ground zero. <laughs> and then the other time was just, I was, I was out recently. Is okay. this, is this yeah. like another Eric Andre birthday party thing? No. Okay. That was mushrooms. Okay. Yeah. All right, but oh, go on. Go we on. probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> stay, stay, stay on point. So, but, uh, what is, okay, go ahead. But, um, so yeah, so anyway, so what it is, it's one hit, it's one hit of LSD, right? That's on paper. And then it's 20 drops of water that go in there. So it completely dilutes it. So you put one drop of water. I put it on my hand in the morning. You yeah. Rub it in, and you just go through the day. And it's just kind of like it's a, it's a micro dose. It just kind of Is this a popular thing you up right a lot. Yeah, very popular. very popular. Have you heard of this one? I've heard of it. I don't know anybody. People are doing it with mushrooms and LSD right now. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but what is the, what is the, what does it do for you? Well, I've tripped on LSD a lot, right? So, so a very tiny amount just essentially is like a mind shift. And it's just kind of like, it keeps me positive. It keeps me, it's like taking medicine, basically. It's like taking aspirin for my brain. You know what I mean? It clears out the cobwebs. I see everything clearly. Um, I'm able to conduct myself. Uh, what a revelation! Is that why? Podcast. Is that why you're not wearing pants tonight? <laughs> That's also why I have. Uh, I've been. Uh, I've been. <laughs> no, I don't have a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, if you weren't on LSD, you might have a joke. Yeah, 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 yeah sure, sure, sure. <laughs> wow, I'm just. Let me process that. Uh, process that while we listen. <laughs> I to honestly you. didn't think this. I thought. I thought you guys would be like, "This makes sense." No, Let's we have, talk a, lot, about we have it. a. We have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> Jay's dosing right now. It's not micro. It's mac- macro. It's macro dose. He's spinning. I like that. I kind of like that Jay has gone full Roger Sterling. <laughs> he was full dosing. 
Sterling was in the... Let's Yeah, let's compare and contrast. Sterling was the midlife crisis second marriage right. that was a clear mistake almost immediately. Right. And it was a loveless marriage and he was he was impotent at work. Yep. And he was just looking looking for something. For something and he wanted right. to be part of a movement, anything. Felt like he was the dinosaur in the room and then this kind of made him young again. And me uh what? I, is it, why are you doing it? Is the question. I like uh, I like uh, psychedelics. Um, it, it's such a minuscule feeling. Like I, if I did it, if I gave it to you, you probably wouldn't even notice. Um, you, you might at one point you might have like like the physical effects. You wouldn't see anything. You wouldn't trip. Mm -hmm. You might get like a shiver down your spine for like a minute. Sounds awful. And then you might like you, you might like be like, oh, I kind of have to yawn a little bit, and that's about it. Still, other, not, still doesn't sound too appealing. Other than that, you would be, it would just kind of open your uh, third eye a little bit, just a little bit, just my, a little peek. My dickle. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you that's call your third eye it. a dickle. I forgot. If the third eye is the dickle. yeah, microdose me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> open up that third eye. Uh, I, the Beatles indulge themselves with love you too fine with me uh, but I also don't need it yeah that, oh, that, I that, love it that, yeah that, well that makes but sense but I respect <laughs> it I mean yeah, right. yeah, I know you we know it. you love it yeah um, man I'm still processing the Jason microdose we're gonna keep here. we're gonna keep processing it. so they they had probably done Maharishi right they had probably met with Maharishi at this point and Which that's obviously go George well. on the sitar it didn't go yeah, well initially. Well uh, it did go well initially, but then later, I think John definitely turned against him. Yes, and there was some type of uh, issue with a woman, someone's girlfriend. I think it was wasn't it John's wife? Yeah, John. She yeah. hated the experience. prior to yoga. The um, the John Lennon was a piece of shit thing that comes up every few years. Yeah, it's interesting that we keep on beating it back down. <laughs> like it never really takes the legs. To like really have like a big thing underneath it. Yeah. Every once in a while it'll I come up, and then it's like, oh, yeah, like he he hit women and he was awful and he was you know this and that, and then we're like, yeah, 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 no, 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 we're not going to do that. Yeah, I and guess. And it comes but back it, up a couple of years later. But it's also it's because it's like he sang about it, you know, and he and he was like he was like, listen, I used to beat my woman. It was uncool. I'm trying to be better. You know what I mean? It's a, he wasn't trying to hide it. He put it in his damn songs. Well, it also. He, it also falls under the umbrella of, you know, Michael Jackson and the same thing. Like, if you, it puts people in a tough position uh, in terms of if you grew up and it's your favorite artist ever, like, do you subconsciously cut him some slack just because you don't want to not listen to the music anymore? Yeah. Michael Jackson is the, the number one guy you think of now with that. And, you know, Bob can speak to that because... Bob took on the Michael Jackson establishment uh, last year, <laughs> earlier this year. I had like 11 retweets and 14 people come after me. <laughs> that was about <laughs> They were pretty passionate. No, there was though, more than that, people. but it was, yeah, they were very passionate. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's what it is. I think the Beatles are just so good, and he was such a talent that people look the other way. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. Yeah. That's, uh, Woody Allen benefited from that. Hey, right or wrong, that's the truth. Okay? Right or wrong. 
That's, right, it's right. It's that's right. That's reality. Oh, it's wrong. You know what? I don't need a micro dose to tell you that. Oh, okay. All right. So you're going you're gonna to come at me like that. All right. That's fine. Guys, shut the fuck up. This is a great song. Funny story, um, I think it was about 2002, uh, it was right after we graduated, and I came to Bob's parents, uh, Bob's mom's condo in Rockland County. Townhouse. Condo Townhouse. Sounds, condo sounds fancy. Townhouse. And uh, we were going to get together, and uh, I thought he knew I was coming, so I let myself in, and Bob was dancing completely nude. Uh <laughs> Wait a minute. Looking directly into a mirror. <laughs> and he was just doing like spins and he was almost it was like he was slow dancing with himself. I had ribbons. You forget about the ribbons? Were like wrapped around like your biceps? I was holding like... I was hold no no, I was holding ribbons. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were going uh, Ultimate Warrior. No, style. no, it was way more central than that. This was This was the song at my wedding that uh, came down the aisle too yes you did wait what wait a minute bro <laughs> and three uh, vodkas one it's beer. midnight in the garage and one of the <laughs> most memorable moments for in my in my life like a moment i'll never forget was like being at my wedding and uh standing there at the altar and my wife is walking my down wife. the aisle highly emotional moment and I'm looking out at the crowd and it's everybody I love. It's like yeah. family and my best friends. And I'm not like the most emotional no, person on the outside. No, you're, you're keeping it all in. You keep it all in. But I was about to crack. Like I was about to start crying uh. and like, who knows like how hard it would have happened. But it was like, it all hit me in that moment with that song playing. And my eyes are scanning the crowd when all of a sudden I see my Friend sitting in the back, Crazy Mike, earned that name in college because he was a fucking lunatic. Yeah. I lock He's eyes crazy. with Crazy Mike, and he is doing the classic blowjob <laughs> motion with his tongue pushing out his cheek, his hand going back and forth. <laughs> and I see him doing that, and it fucking... I start laughing and it brings me, it grounds me. It was the best. <laughs> it was the best thing that could have happened. It was the blowjob simulation that saved me from just breaking down in front of everybody I know. It saved you from feeling things. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank, God God for you Thank God it for you, It saved Mike. you from a real human moment. <laughs> That's What's the next song that we have? <laughs> uh, it's the most human song in the history of recorded music. Oh, in boy. the town where I was born lived a man Jay just sprinted out of here. He's like, oh, I, got, I got a microdose. Where am I? I got a microdose. I'm underwater. Elsa Rizan. That's one of the rules. Their knowledge of narcotics is basically <laughs> reefer madness. <laughs> Prove it wrong, dude. That. Prove it wrong. It's like dazed and confused and half baked. <laughs> They're all like those movies. Everybody's the most chill as fuck person sitting around talking. Like I didn't even see Train Spotting. I have no idea of the dark side. <laughs> what was the movie uh, when Marlon Wayans' arm falls off from the drugs? Oh, uh, Spun. Didn't see that. No, <laughs> Spun. 
Oh, Jennifer Connelly's in it. It's oh, like, Re- Requiem. Yeah, Requiem, oh, Requiem for, for a Dream. Didn't see that. I've never seen a movie about the dark side of drugs. It's just all fun. So, have you seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Nope. Really? Uh, that's good. Me neither. Bought the book really? and didn't read it. Nope. How the fuck have you? Got, <laughs> I lived with you guys. I never showed you that movie. Yeah, you probably tried. You? Yeah, we had the big uh, poster hanging. Yeah. In fact, as I picture the kitchen in our old Hollywood house. Uh, the table we're sitting at right now was right below where the painting was. That's right. That's right. The Ralph Studman painting. Anyway, this song was shitty, and uh, <laughs> Dude, no one likes it. It's, it's classic. <laughs> Beautiful. Come on, man. Fuck God it. bless Mr. Star. Stop it. Stop it. We could say that's a shitty it's song. A oh, song. It's a good song. It's a kid song. It's a kid song. It's a kid song. It doesn't make you a What's wrong Beatles with that, fan. though? It's a kid song. <clears throat> one of my best trips right. ever was... On, I, I took acid. It's their shiny, happy people. To Best Buy to buy the new release of Yellow Submarine. And normally, acid takes like, I'd say, 30 minutes to an hour to kick in. But as soon as my friend Gabe and I walked into Best Buy, it was fucking <laughs> on, dude. And we were just like, make it to the DVD section. There it is. Okay, now we have to talk. You people. Oh, no. <laughs> it was like, ah, that was a great day. <laughs> anyway, don't pretend like you like that song, though. I've, I've, it's a good song for kids. Yeah, my, but this my, isn't a kid's album. My four-year-old likes that song. Yeah, but it's not. that's not what this album's supposed what to be What else about. is Ringo going to do on it? Ringo gets a song, right? Just play the fucking drums, dude. No, he always gets a song. They always give him a song. Well, this one should have been... (laughs) They were probably pretty disappointed, though, when it's like, (laughs) Paul's like, you know, this is like what I've been working on, you know, and this is what I've been working on. And even, you know, George, like, it's about, like, you know, the money and everything. He's like, the taxman's got a little bopping tune. What have you got? When they told (laughs) us of it live. Fuck the fucked. (laughs) Well, I mean, you think about it, George Harrison... A brilliant singer-songwriter in his own right. Taxman, meh. Yellow Submarine, a fucking total shit bomb. <laughs> and then know, every other song in the album is a, is know, a, a gorgeous beautiful, composition. Is a beautiful like classic. Important but music. You want to talk about a band that earned the right to just say, you know what? I bet we could just shit out a song about a Yellow Submarine and it goes number one. Let's see, let's see what the fuck we can get away with. Oh, my God. There it they is. Did, dude. Of course. Hammer drop. And think about it. So the sandwich here is Yellow Submarine. The worst song ever recorded. And then Here, There, and Everywhere, a song that almost made Bob feel something. So That's close. That's how important that so was. So close. And then, uh, I'm going to say it, Jay. This is on my Mount Rushmore of Beatles songs. Oh, shit. I'm going to say it. This was the album as I discovered the Beatles. And note, we've talked about this before on the show, so you can't use it as a strike. I was introduced to the Beatles by a girl on the Jersey Shore whose name I don't even remember anymore. Huh. But me and my friend uh, Mike, our friend Dude Love, we met these two girls and we had like a day on the boardwalk together and got a kiss out of it. And she was a huge Beatles fan. And I was a huge Oasis fan, and she hated Oasis, and I didn't know Beatles. 
and we made this pact like you mail me an Oasis mixtape and I'll mail you a Beatles mixtape. And it had, um, it wasn't a basic Beatles mixtape. She knew the she Beatles. Went deep. And this song was on it, and it was basically 18 super bangers by the wow. Beatles, and that's how I got into the Beatles. That's so wow, fucking that's awesome. amazing. I didn't know that. I don't remember her name. Was the, She was cute. Was Mike's girl Raven? Yes. I remember that. So That's funny, because, yes, that was her name, and I don't hey, remember. Hey, don't name your daughter fucking Raven, <laughs> Well, dude. this was this was the... Unless you listen to this podcast, and in that case, great name. When we were, <laughs> when we were, you know, 17 going to the Wildwood Boardwalk together, we realized we were a group of five guys. There were no groups of five girls, so we would split up. That's the, right. What a, sole, what a sad but smart strategy. With the sole purpose <laughs> of being able to walk up to girls and talk to them on the boardwalk. So we would go three and two every time, and then we would That's meet right. up later in the night and see, like, you know... Definitely 50% of us would Shit, Bob, I can't believe that. I, did you forget about that? I forgot. That's how Mike and I. That's how you and Mike ended up together. Because we did the splits. And I was with Greg and Brian. And our friend Brian, who's a listener to every show, and he's our boy. We love him. Brian, I remember, you, it used to be before Survivor came out, he'd be Survivor. Like, he would come up and start forming alliances quietly, yes. leading up. Like, we should be the ones that go out tonight. We should be the ones. <laughs> like, oh, what? It should be me and Bob because that would be a good team. Or, like, yeah. there, there was all sorts of, like, strategy yeah. because you wanted to go out. You wanted to go talk right to girls. Group. Yeah, you wanted to. And we all had, here's the thing. We all had essentially the same level of game, which was none. None at all. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like, there was there was no like young Johnny Depp of the group that no. you wanted to make sure you were like lined up there were with. No, there were no ringers. <laughs> in, in, in effect, it was basically a Hail Mary, no matter what your pairing was. It was all about like who had confidence in the moment. And after you walked by the same group of girls four times, who would have like, who would stumble into being like, hey, who would have the balls to just right. be like, hey, yeah, but now that, now that you've brought me back to 1997, Bob, I do remember, preferably, you wanted to be the twosome. You didn't want to be the threesome. Yeah, it was a little easier in the twosome. Because I remember you and I going on a walk um, and meeting... Was the girl with the snake? Was that... Oh, the snake girl. Year? You when guys was, hit on the snake girl? When it was... Uh, no, I think we stole a girl away from a guy with a snake. Oh, the way wow. Around. We had the snake? Other way around. Wait, what happened? We, we met two we, girls we, a, we were way into, yeah, and we, then when, when we went to meet them... They were the Uma Thurman and uh, Janine Garofalo. Yeah, and we, exactly. And when we went to meet them, they were they had been... Talking to a guy with a snake. Yeah, a guy had That's, a fucking snake. Yeah, and we were like... White beater and a snake. And, we were, and we were like, we can't compete hey, with that. That's what This is basically my dick, <laughs> but it's alive. We got wild Is my dick also alive? <laughs> we can't compete with a oh, guy. Oh, hey, what's up, 17-year-old dudes? You need to be surprised if, uh, if you're a 15, 16-year-old boy who's just trying to fucking figure shit out. How intimidating a, a dude on the Jersey boardwalk with a white beater and a, and a, a snake around his neck is. Oh, my God. It's intimidating now. A white python. <laughs> Come on. You know what I mean? We didn't recover from that. Uh, Can I just question? Yes. Garofalo Thurman? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. I, I love types. Janine Garofalo. Me too. Uh, she said, she said. Another Lennon composition. This is also the album, uh, Jay, when I realized that I was a Lennon guy. Oh, okay. Which I never thought I would be. 
I thought I was always a McCartney guy. It kind of makes sense for you to I'm be a, a McCartney Lennon guy. guy. Huh. I just like he a little bit more edge out there, a little edgy. But I do. I mean, I love McCartney. I fucking love the Beatles, man. I love them, man. Wow. Bold. <laughs> I know, but you know what? If you're not Hot having that conversation, right. if you're not having a conversation while listening to the Beatles, you're really not kind of engaged. You just got to kind of... When you listen to the Beatles, like, fuck, the Beatles are good. Be into the Beatles. <laughs> Beatles are fucking amazing. Don't, don't think about Crazy Mike giving weird blowjobs. Be into it. D- dip into the Beatles, Bob. <laughs> Come need, on. You some, want, by the way, Bob, I, need some of your I have to say, you're not releasing yourself to the Beatles right now. You, there's a distance right now. You're putting up a wall. I know what it means to be sad. I love sad. the Beatles. I, I love Lori got my... there first. Your sister got there first. I know. But Come this is hey, the my, water's warm. One of my favorite albums of all time. I think it's one of the best albums ever. Water's warm, baby. Jay just microdosed me. <laughs> Good day, sunshine. By the way, there's like five more insanely great songs coming up after Crazy. this album. Good day, this is one album. I need to laugh. Yeah. And when the sun is out. Something I can laugh about. I feel good in a, in a special, special way. way. I'm in love and it's a sunny day. Good day, sunshine. Good day, sunshine. Good day, sunshine. I will say, when I started getting the into the Beatles, this is the kind of song <clears throat> I would skip. I get why. That makes I sense. Get, yep. Yeah, I get it. Because I back then I just wanted a little more rawness, but like I absolutely love it when McCartney gets into his I'm um, a little showman thing. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Because uh-huh. you can picture him doing a little two step. Yeah, it's yeah. adorable. It's, and, and it's a fucking good song. And yet, for the same reason, like Yellow Submarine, the worst song ever released. <laughs> now this you could say is close to that in terms of it, it being jaunty and fun. But I, I think this is a much better song. Way, way better, I think. It's got a, it's got a killer hook. By the way, the Revolver album is... Um, it coincided with the end of their touring career, mm-hmm. which happened in 1966. They just Insane. shut that shit down. They couldn't crazy. do it. It was just people were going too crazy, and the technology and the sound was Have so bad. Have you seen the footage of them at Shea Stadium? Yeah, they can't, they like, couldn't hear themselves. Looking at each... Like, Lennon's literally what playing with his here? elbows. Just like who, nobody understands. Yeah. No, we can't hear ourselves. Let's just fucking have fun. So not only were they kind of figuring out who are we if we can't, you know, play live at this point. They were too big to play live. Think about that. But also this was the time when John Lennon remarked that the band had become, quote, more popular than Jesus. Which, by the way, in retrospect, in 1966, you say that, you know, you're done. Right. Or Well, they weren't, but they came close to it at that point. But they kind of were. I mean, they... And now that we have distance, 50 years later, 55 years later, they are so much bigger than just the popular rock band of the era. They, you know, they're a touchstone of everything, of, of, of culture. They're way bigger than people even realized in 1966. Not only that, but that statement was made, and it was a direct reaction to him finding out that kids... St- they weren't going to church 
to go to buy their albums or to go to their concerts. Right. It wasn't like an out of left field comment. Yeah. He right. was like, oh, wow, we're more popular than Jesus. And right. it was it was a total setup by a reporter, which is kind of mm. crazy to think that even back then there were these takedowns in the media. Right. The hit piece, yeah, if you will. Hit piece. There you go. Uh, all right. Here is a great kind of semi underappreciated banger off Revolver. <laughs> They fucked that up. Well, they started it really shitty. You think they'd be better at that. (laughs) And then they corrected themselves. The way your baby lied reminds me of that night. can sing bob oh hey it's a perfect song yes this is a perfect song it's got a it's got a perfect uh paul mccartney jaunty bass line ripping through it everything yeah. everything about the song is perfect and it's it it's a, a credit and a sign of just how i think the beatles are good that's one of the big okay, takeaways of this episode so far yeah. but yeah yeah that this if any other bit be like good. listen i love fucking tom petty if Tom Petty put this out, this would have been the best Tom Petty song. Absolutely. But no one like talks about this as the best Beatles song because they close. had a fucking catastrophe of incredible <laughs> songs. And it's just such a credit to them that this completely gets swept under the rug. In it's, terms of if you put out like when they put out their number one album in 2000 that sold 40 million copies, this wasn't on it because they had so many fucking How the songs. fuck did they do this? How did they that's, do this? You know what? That's like when I start thinking about like an- good. ancient aliens and stuff. Like they had help. Like, there's no way right? they can do this all by themselves. I, You know what I was thinking about yesterday, actually? I was thinking about Buddy Holly and Richie Valens dying on that on that plane. Were you on Wait, 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 wait. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and there was also uh, some fat guy. I don't remember. Come on, baby. Show, show the big bop. Come on, on, baby. No, no, no. That's Fats Domino. No, it's not. Oh, that's not Fats Domino. Let's do the twist. Chubby Checker. Guys, chubby check. Guys, it was the big bopper. Anyway, yeah. Big bopper. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> Chantilly lace had a pretty. Okay, but anyway. We got there. Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, who they famously ripped off for Twist and Shout, mm-hmm. the Beatles, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. John Lennon was a devout Buddy Holly aholic. Sure. Like. Were they helping them? <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, like, you know, were there ghosts like in the studio? I mean. Oh, you went to ghosts. I, uh, well, <laughs> well he, he takes LSD I know, every yeah. morning. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't At 9 a.m. I still didn't see that coming. That's how he survived. I didn't know we were going ghosts. It's about 7.30 a.m. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> One of the first things I do. Um, well, I've thought about this before. Like, you know how Beethoven or Bach and all that, that was like, what? 500 years ago or something. I don't know. The fuck do I know? It's in that zone. That's what the Beatles are. The Beatles are that 500 years from now. I had a conversation with uh, my friend Gabe. um, 
And little Beethoven and Bach talk. He asked me, he was like, let's, well, do, let's do that next week. He's like, do you think that keep going back. in 500 years, <laughs> who do you think is going to be in 500 years? What music that we listen to today is still going to be around? Why? Obviously. Is it? Wait, wait, wait did you, when you were talking to Gabe, did he say BL besides live? <laughs> I said, yes, obviously. Okay. I don't even need to say that, Gabe. Yeah, I thought we agreed. Finish your point, Jay. Sorry. And I said that he didn't. He didn't think so. And then he did some asset, and then he thought so. Uh, <laughs> but so Jay, you're I said the Beatles. So the Beatles are going to be. I think they're going. The Beatles, when there's no human civilization, somehow. Beatles music is going to exist in the cosmos. I don't know how, Just, but uh, it's going to be there. Uh, Chuck Klosterman, in one of his more recent books, But What If We're Wrong, talks about this. Area man as, still reading Chuck Klosterman books. He's still good. It's a very interesting book. Is it's, it good? It's very I interesting. I need to plug back in. And, and uh, he talks about like what will, who will represent rock and roll the way that Beethoven or Bach represents classical music. Who will be the rock and roll artist that we look at 500 years from now if it if there's anybody and it's a big debate between you know the beatles bob dylan elvis like what is rock and roll and i'm sure colossus is like and winger he goes on which for, is weird yeah he ended up with uh, rat turns out to be rat <laughs> or back to rat um uh it's definitely the beatles all right no i mean who knows but what I does know. he say what was his take i think he landed on elvis Oh, fuck that. Mm. He's got to calm but down with Elvis. He, but he, he went like 30,000 words to get there. So you got to read it. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Wait, that's the whole book? No. Oh, okay. Up next. Oh, 30,000 words. This is the whole book. Hi, I'm dumb. This Hi. one's insane. Another fucking all-timer that people don't know about. Your day breaks. Your mind When I say people, I'm saying people that are like, oh, I know Beatles songs. Right. They, Right. You know, Not up. obviously the listeners of this podcast who are all fucking music heads. Listen to this. She wakes up, she makes up, she takes her time and doesn't feel she has to hurry. She no longer needs you. And in her eyes you see nothing. No sign of love behind the tears cried for no one. A love that should have lasted years. You want her, you need her, and yet you don't believe her when she says her love is dead. Ready for some French horn? You. Let's do it. Fuck it. Let's put a French horn in a fucking rock and roll song. All right, so. Just like four tracks away from a sitar. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> this song, um, this is pure McCartney, obviously. Mm. To the point where this is one of those songs that led to the end of the Beatles. Everyone else was told to sit out this song. This is just, this is all McCartney essentially, and some dude playing a French horn. And that, in later years, became a source of tension. Yeah. He said recently that. Uh, I mean, somebody asked him the, the dumbest question ever. Do you ever re- have regrets that you guys didn't get together before John died? And he was, you know, he was. I always, Did he just go? Durr, never thought about that. But he did say he was like, he's like, yeah, no, he's like, he's like, seriously, almost all of those albums that I had during that time period, and all of the albums that John had during that time period, if you put those albums together, those would have been great Beatles albums. 
And it started getting me thinking, like, if you put Ram together with Imagined, that would have been the best fucking Beatle album mm. of all time. As somebody has to do that. I'm not capable of doing it. But, like, come on. Dude, well, what about little, little LSD, you're capable of anything. You can do it. Come on, guys. Wait, what about the George Harrison album? And the George and George's stuff, yeah, definitely. But, and but goes, what two. about me? But one or two, because he really only had like two good albums, <laughs> right? Well, the and then his later stuff. The later stuff is good too. Is it though? I think that album he did right before uh, Wilburys is fantastic. The one with uh, "Got My Mind Set on You." Yeah, that yeah, that was good. Was it? Ringo plays uh, drums on one of the new Jenny Lewis songs. Oh. There That's you go. Cool. See, I mean, Ringo, I don't, you know, I don't shit on Ringo. People have been shitting on Ringo, Ringo for 50 years. But you know what? Like, he, he had a pretty good setup. I mean, come on. I love him. He wasn't an equal. One of my favorite uh, Beatles. He wasn't. One he was of, a good drummer. I don't care what anybody says. One said. of my favorite no, Beatles tidbits is the uh, Pete Best thing. You know, after he got kicked out, uh, once the Beatles blew up, he released an album called Best of the Beatles. Did he really? He did. He released an album called Best of the Beatles, and it was just him playing drums, and it sold like a million copies. And no got, way. Yeah, really? True story. Oh, my God. Yep. That's smart. smart. Good for him. Good for him. Dr. Robert. All right, Jay, would you rather be Pete Best or not be Pete Best? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be Pete Best. Because imagine got, that. Like, I don't know if Pete Best is still with us, but imagine every day after. Imagine, though, having. Imagine a, all that. <laughs> imagine having the opportunity to sit in the room with those gentlemen um, and that time. Yeah, but period. imagine. I don't do. Not. Being able to do that and always being filled with I don't do a lot I'm of not in the band. I don't do a lot of impressions, but I do do uh, Pete Best impressions. You oh, do a best impression? I do, yeah. It's, Shit. It's, Break it's it out. Right. It's my only impression. It's um this is uh this is Pete Best waking up every morning. All right, here we go. Oh, fuck! <laughs> it was like so telegraphed. Hey, that's so it perfect. It, it worked. Oh. Hey, great bit, Bob. Great bit. Did you? Uh, I actually have a best impression of First Nation too. Yeah, it's like when he nods off. Oh, okay. Nods off. So at P- the end of the day. P-Best falling asleep at the right. end of the day. It's just nodding off. This is almost like midday. Like he's just like oh, like a midday sort of like a little nap. Okay. Yes, I guess. No! 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 Damn. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm remembering now. I think well, I. Well, I mean, I, I Jason, also, Jason, you're the best impressionist right. I know. Like, of course, yeah, I, I do have a Pete Best. I, this is uh, this is Pete Best, and he's just had the most delicious meal he's ever had in his <laughs> oh, life. Okay, well, that was like a really good meal. You know, it might be the best meal I've ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's too not good about. Nothing. Nothing will ever be good enough. I want to tell you
guy. Rest in peace, Pete Best. Oh, I'll well, fuck that exactly the <laughs> I have a uh, Pete Best when he first died. <laughs> no, I don't. Points. Pete Best still alive, by the way. Wait, hold on, wait, really yeah. quick. When Pete Best dies and goes to heaven. Okay, let's hear it. His daddy's going to have to. Hey, Pete, it's me, John. Oh. Why don't you come over and sit in for a while? Oh, oh no, no, no. You're not playing drums, Keith Moon. Is. Oh. <laughs> oh, the final insult. <laughs> yeah, that's shitty. <laughs> Pete Best was also the best looking Beatle. He was handsome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is another great song. I want to tell you. The, what makes this so great is that it is the closest thing to mid-album filler on Revolver. I mean, how could you even say that? Ever. It's so good. Wow. The I'm closest saying the closest thing. thing to it. And I do like this song quite a bit. All right. This is this is an album that when I did get into it, which was probably like college, I think, like where I was like, all right, I like the Beatles now, and this is the best album I've ever heard, and I would listen to it over and over again. That at certain points, every song was my favorite song on the album, with the notable exception of Yellow Submarine, probably. <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember that me one day just being like, okay, this is the best song. Like every song, because yeah. like, the more you listen to it, the more you just hear how special each one is, like individually. Uh, to that point, here's another one that I feel the same way about. Depends, like when you catch me, what year you catch me. Right, totally. Uh, that sometimes this is my favorite Beatles song. I was alone. I took a ride. I didn't know what I would find there. This is track 13 of 14 on the U.S. release. What? Ooh, and I suddenly see you. Ooh, did I tell you I need you every single day of my life? You didn't run, you didn't lie, you knew I wanted just to hold you. Had you gone, you knew in time we'd meet again for I had told you Ooh, you were meant to be near me Ooh, and I want you to hear me Say we'll be together every day Hard to get you into my life Well Who's lived a better life than McCartney? He wrote the song after he had seen Stevie Wonder perform at the Scotch of James of St. James Nightclub in February of that year. Jesus Christ. So he lived a life. The life. Probably like three feet from him when he's up on stage. Um, Stevie Wonder looked at me once. <laughs> I'm not joking. Wait, what? I was, uh, it was when I was working at the radio in, in uh, New York yeah. at ABC Radio, and he came in to do the, the rock station right down the, 
the hall, and he was walking by um, our studio, and I just kind of froze, and I was just like, oh, appreciate this moment. You're seeing one of the greatest artists of all time. And it's totally, like, he stopped and looked right at the window, like, faced the window, and just kind of stood there for, like, I don't know, probably <laughs> 1.5 seconds. But it was like, it was like I was looking eye to eye with... Stevie the, Wonder. The, wow. so the, Stevie, weird. the Stevie Wonder isn't really blind conspiracy theory. I love that. Is my favorite I love one. It. it is. It's, it's my favorite it. conspiracy. You know why I love it? Because it's true. Because <laughs> if you go on YouTube and and if you've never done it, pause this podcast <laughs> right now and type into YouTube Stevie Wonder not blind <laughs> and then see the evidence, which is There's overwhelming. A lot. There's a lot of evidence. That's so funny. It's I didn't know this. The best. And I think that's my favorite Beatles song that we just listened to. Really? I think so. You know what? But again, like, you know what? Like you said before, it depends on the time. But I think over the last couple of years, that's the one that I get most it, excited about every time I hear it. It's a great song. I've heard him do it in uh, other takes. And, and, and he unleashes his Paul Rock voice. Yeah, that's that, my favorite I, part of it is when he like. Takes like but that. that's but there's other takes yeah. where he really lets it go. And that's that's I kind of wish he did. Maybe it the there. only thing I have. Yeah. The only issue I would have is maybe there's it's a there's a it's bit a, of a sheen to it. It's not as raw. It's as, a little. He has one of the soft, best rock voices. Yeah, it's a little clean. I got that. Uh, McCartney described the lyric as an ode to pot like someone else might write an ode to chocolate or a good C-L-A-R-E-T Claret The fuck is that? The Claret, you know Oh yeah like It's that. like one of those things You go to the stores Like can I have one of those Little boombly doomblies <laughs> And I gave it to you That wrap it up on paper Then you pop it in your mouth You have a good time See, and now I get it oh, I didn't know yeah, yeah. I'm with you Alright, the final track On The Great Revolver Is the song that Don Draper couldn't figure out oh my god oh, What fuck, the fuck yeah. are we gonna Right, Jay. <laughs> Jay, you okay? No, I think How are we gonna did he just song? realize that we have to pick one yes. song That's for what the happened. throwback podcast playlist and it's fucking ripping him up inside? And we're going to put it on him, too. You guys aren't going to like it. Don't do any sitar bullshit and don't do yell submarine. <laughs> we is do have, vi- we have veto power. There is a two-thirds veto. Lay down <laughs> George Harrison, October 1966. This is easily, referring to Tomorrow Never Knows, the most amazing new thing we've ever come up with. Some people might say it sounds like a terrible mess of a sound, but the song ought to be looked on as interesting if people listen to it with open ears. It's like the Indian stuff. You mustn't listen to Eastern music with a Western ear. You mustn't. You mustn't. He's always pleading. Who's that quote from? George Harrison. Um, 
I would imagine if I heard this in 1966, and if I wasn't Don Draper, who famously, if you're a Mad Men fan, you know, in the last season, Megan tries to play it for him to open his mind up and be you know, connected to a new culture. The first thing he does, he has an open mind enough to play Revolver because she says, you know, you got to hear this album by the Beatles. He's alone at the apartment and he puts the needle down and this song starts playing. And it's one of the great Mad Men moments ever and also probably one of the most expensive. He listens to the first minute and he just, he just seems pulls so, the needle yeah. off. He's Wait, like, was this the last? It was the last season, or the last episode of the season before the last season? It could be. I remember it was a big deal. Either it way, a, it was a major. It was a major moment. touchstone yeah, point yeah. of the show that Draper had completely lost touch. Uh, which is whatever. It's a TV show, but it uh, kind of points out, and it makes a great connection on how they had just said, "Fuck it." We're going off in a totally different direction. If you want to come along with the ride, and it's the last it. song. And and then after, what was the next album after that? Sgt. Pepper's. There it is. There it is, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was, they just took an entire generation with them into the future. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. They're, they're good. Pretty they, good. I would they say good? they're. They're good. Like a, almost like a, like a seven out of 10. Like <laughs> oh, a B minus. B to B minus. Yeah. Like at least a B minus, right? Jay, you have one of the most important tasks in the history of the Throwback Podcast. And before we, we put that on you, we'll give you a, don't move laptops around. Before oh, we give you man. a couple of, uh, before we let you pick, we have to thank the Patreonies who voted in the poll to make this don't, episode Jay, happen. Jay, isn't it funny that as it gets a little later, Bob gets cranky? It does. You almost, tired. you Bob almost, hold, hold on. You almost broke my laptop by turning Aww. that by turning your computer around and knocking over a glass of water Aww. to show Jason the girls from Heart to ask him which one he wanted to fuck. <laughs> the brunette. No, I not the <laughs> bigger need, one. We don't need the answer. That's no, irrelevant. You're right. You're right. That's irrelevant. <laughs> so I'm a little hotter. He did I'm, pick the brunette. I'm a little irrelevant. I'm a little nervous when I see you guys <laughs> making moves like that now. So while Jason has a huge decision. While to he's make. looking at that, let's thank the people that make this podcast possible. The Patreonies on patreon.com slash the Roback Pod. Everyone who contributes from two dollars mm, a love month. You guys. Two dollars a month to six dollars a month to vote in a poll. You guys keep this thing afloat. You make it possible for us to be in the garage and microdose LSD and get away from the world, man. So thank you. Or indulge in the world. Thank you, Bruno the sponsor, Courtney and Wyatt. Love and you guys. Buddy else. Patreon.com slash Throwback pod, get involved. Is this the latest we've ever been doing the pod before? Yes. We are coming up on 12.35 in the morning. Yeah, it's and, ridiculous. And now Jason has the decision of a lifetime. Here it is. The way wow. I think that's the right call. That's I think it's the right pick. Okay. Smart Thank you so much, right. everyone. Good this night. This is the throwback pod. <laughs> I would have gone with it, guys. I would have gone with it. Oh. It's the only one that I... It's got to be John. I'm a John guy. John's got to be John. I'm Only Sleeping is the latest addition to the And I like that it's coming right off of... um, Or is it, Jay? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know when it's coming off of... That's right. Sorry. Sorry. Ready? I'm Only Sleeping, the latest addition to the Throwback Podcast playlist, which you can get on Spotify. 
and Spotify. Apple Music. Spotify. Uh, and we just want to thank everyone, you know, for indulging us because maybe people, Bob, that listen to our show don't expect us to go back this far. But you know what? If you're going to do a music pod, you know, go fuck yourself oh my God, if you imagine, don't do the Beatles eventually. Imagine if we just introduce somebody to the Beatles. Whoa. Oh, that would be fantastic. All right. If you're under the age of 30 and for some reason you're listening to this podcast and you've never listened to a full <laughs> Beatles album before, please let us know that we Or if you're this. above the age of 30, yeah, let us know. Well, if, no, you, if, you, if, if you're, you're above 30 it. and you've never done it, you have problems and we don't Kill want to Kill yourself. Yeah, we don't want you to <laughs> Commit suicide. But under 30, you have an excuse. Um, yeah, so that, it's, it was a lot of fun. I loved it. Shit. I think the Beatles are pretty good. Do you think maybe they're good? I don't want to. I don't want to like just make any like crazy assertions. But yeah, I think I think I think they're good. Uh, connect with us on social media on Twitter, Throwback Pod on Instagram. Throwback. You said that Pod. like a guy who uh, listened to the Beatles in 1966. <laughs> connect with us on social media. <laughs> Gmail the Throwback Pod at Gmail. Um, Jay, you've come and you've said it all. Did I? <laughs> I just want to say uh, uh, thanks really quick to all the fans of this podcast. Uh, it's one of the uh, most fun, lively, entertaining groups of uh, people that I uh, have encounters with. On That's a great call, Jay. Yeah. Our listeners all are fun as hell. They are fervent and they are uh, super passionate about the show and about the music that we talk about. And... Uh, and we have That's fun. We do it, Bob. That's all we do. It. Yeah, we have fun interacting with you guys on Twitter and on uh, the subreddit. Even our throwback pod, throw stuff at us. And we'll come back at you. You guys, uh, let us know what you're liking, and just have just fucking talk to us. Or That's go it. fuck yourself. Or go fuck yourself. Tune in, turn on, and drop out. <laughs>